Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, fans of G.I. Joe, citizens of the world. This is Steve, the South African living in Australia who loves a real American hero. I'm from G.I. Joburg, and I brought my buddy Cujo with me. Hi, Cujo. Sup? But this is not a G.I. Joburg podcast. I would call this more the State of the Joe Address, because in our company this evening, we have... Chris McLeod, a.k.a. Diagnostic Eddie from the Full Force Podcast. Hi, Chris. Hello. And Ewan D'Souza, <laughs> a.k.a. Strident. Hey. What's going on? What is up, my ninjas? <laughs> Very sedate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get you. Kujo, what is on the agenda, my brother? A conversation prompted by the best way possible, a comment. I do talk. You know, I only podcast for one reason. I pod to thrill. But uh, along the way, I definitely, uh, I definitely want to talk about things that are relevant. And one of those things is, in a general sense, identity, quite possibly because all of us are grappling with that. But uh, G.I. Joe, like it often does, gives us uh, a platform that's rife with both angles and possibilities. And one of those in this late hour is the discussion of what people should be proud of or support and... Uh, I think previously on G.I. Joburg, we uh, were chatting about the vanishing flag off Duke's shoulder. Uh, just just hit the tapes. But uh, I want to start out, since we have so many, uh, I'm going to say accomplished voices, but also well-traveled. I'll start with D80. Uh, you know him from Full Force, that podcast wraps around the world. You have traveled, my friend. Uh, you also have lived with the Union Jack uh, over the U.K., I'm just curious, uh, what is that flag? Maybe what has it meant to you? What does it mean to you now? Well, I'll start off by dropping a bit of knowledge, and that is that the Union Jack, as it's often referred to, is actually only called a Union Jack when it's hoisted on a boat, believe it or not. Uh, that's the kind of old school terminology, and it's actually a, it's called the Union Flag, believe it or not, uh, normally. I don't even think many British people know that, in all honesty. A quick quick history lesson on the McLeod side here. So I was born in Germany. My dad was in the Royal Air Force. So I ended up uh, popping out <laughs> in Rinteln in West Germany. And I was there for about 18 months. Uh, dad almost forgot to get me registered in time. So I could have been German, but I wasn't. British nationality is what I was registered as. And we moved to the UK we moved to a place called Norfolk, which is in East Anglia, uh, on the east coast of the United Kingdom, just a little bit north of London. Uh, for those that only know London in the... Uh, when everyone says you're from the UK in the US, they're like, oh, you're from London. No, I'm not from London. <laughs> no, nowhere near London. A three-hour train journey, to give you an idea. Um, so, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've literally been what they call a scaly brat in the forces, uh, and that is someone that is just, you know, like moves around a lot, never really stays in one place for too long. Um, and I've I've basically kind of built up this very weird, almost like traveling mentality where I, I do. Th th there is kind of a home base there. But in terms of like that feeling of, you know, where a lot of people feel this kind of patriotism of like, this is where I'm from and I represent this kind of area that I'm from and, and so on and so forth. I don't have that feeling. It's not as strong. Like, you know, I grew up in multiple different places. Uh, like I said, in like when, when we moved to Norfolk, uh, we went to a place called Coltishall, which was an RAF base. And then we moved to Munsley, which is this tiny little village on the coast, right on the cliff. Our house was on a cliff and the view was stunning. But at the same time, you know, like we were just moving around all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we stayed actually stayed in Munsey for a long period of time, probably like 16 or 18 years. I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I should have you done the research. You told stories before. of uh, risking life and limb playing GI Joe oh, on the cliff. on those cliffs. Yeah. yeah, man. Mate, mate, we did the most ridiculous stuff. I mean, these cliffs. <laughs> well, I've been back <laughs> with Kate and I've taken footage. There was this like amazing barracks, which is like this kind of big concrete structure on the cliff, which was basically a gun emplacement during the war that would have given us defenses against, you know, like coming from like over the channel. Oh, so, what a perfect bit of gameplay, man. G.I. Joe oh, defending mate, <laughs> Rampart could finally find some use. <laughs> Dude, all in our DPs, like beret on, backpacks, fake, you know, toy guns and everything, just playing Joe like all the time. It was amazing. Or playing Action Force, as I should say. 
But Mommy Cujo is telling us to stay on target. Stay on target. Oh, All right, Cooge. Well, just to give you an idea, like I moved around a lot, and because of that, I ended up with that that feel the, the feeling isn't there that is strong with a lot of people of of you know coming from a certain place and being proud of that that feeling. I don't really have it. And I moved to the states. I've I've done a lot of traveling in my time. I've traveled all over the world. Um, and then just recently, obviously, moved to the United States, got married to uh, my wife, Kate, who is an American citizen. And, you know, we've lived in Missouri. We've moved already. But, you know, I've, I've already had the jitters and we've moved we've moved already to Portucket, Rhode <laughs> Island uh, to be close to Hasbro. Uh, obviously, I'm just kidding. And um, yeah, and that has just I been... believe you, man. I believe you. <laughs> ulterior <laughs> motives there exactly exactly uh, I've, I've tried some massive oceans 11 attempts to get into that building but they just haven't <laughs> getting the team together is really difficult during quarantine time um yeah and so like i said you know in terms of the in terms of that flag i don't really have that feeling and and if if we look at like the before we get to that point uh, i just want to say quickly and as an overall I've always seen G.I. Joe as a multinational, international kind of group, but that mainly resides with, you know, majority American and has a strong base of operations in the United States. Thanks in no small part to the Action Force reception of G.I. Joe. All the dossiers, Mm. well, for the most part, were rewritten, yeah? Birthplaces were changed, nationalities were changed. Yeah. So the, yeah, exactly. The and like the file cards were the biggest amount of confusion you're ever likely to see, especially mm. when we're being given VHS, you know, Action Force overdub cartoons where they only overdub GI Joe bits, but they still keep GI Joe written on the tanks and the and the vehicles and stuff. So you 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 see GI Joe all the time, but you never, as a kid, I never made the connection. Like I never thought about it. It just didn't dawn on me. And like I said, something that uh, Stephen and I have talked about in the past um, was that in the playground when I was a kid, I remember friends would go to the United States and when they'd come back, like on holiday, they'd come back with these stories of G.I. Joe and all this kind of stuff. And we were like, whatever. You know, we'd, we'd all be like, no, it's not. Don't be stupid. It's Action Force. And then I went in the, in 89 and that was when my world just was open. And that's where I saw all this beautiful stuff. And I was just like, oh, you know, aisles and aisles of G.I. Joe and it was just, yeah, one of those things where at that point you just kind of, you take it all in and it all becomes the same thing and just lives under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you realize it is all technically the same thing, you know? <laughs> all right, gentlemen, yeah. hold on. Steve, you also have a flag and have seen many. Uh, how do you feel about the South African flag? Wow, getting meta, man. Uh, this goes far Gotta beyond. Gotta big so we can get small. Yeah, well, it goes beyond the ambit of G.I. Joe in my uh, experience. But the South African flag is a thing of beauty because it really does reflect uh, how colorful South Africa as a nation is, how multinational it is. I mean, I'm a white guy. I was born in Africa. I feel like that gives me some claim to the continent. And, man, do I feel somewhat lost without it. Um Unlike Chris, I've always lived in one place, and it, it pains me to be in this beautiful exile <laughs> away from it during quarantine or during the, the global lockdown. But it's for the right reasons. I'm here because my wife has a, a phenomenal career here in Australia, and we want to have the freedom of the world, but the world says, nope, you don't get to move around anymore. Um, so here we here we sit in, in blissful... Uh, North Queensland, where things seem as they always were, in spite of all the suffering happening throughout the world. Anyways, I'm getting very tangential. But the bottom line is, what does my flag mean to me? That's home. I have a strong connection to it. Warts and all. I mean, South Africa is a very embattled country, a very divided country. And uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better, particularly since uh, the COVID numbers are climbing as we expected them to because unfortunately south africa is at the crossroads between uh, a fledgling democracy a lot of corruption and uh, very little actual state finance i mean it's we are we're as as impoverished as they come man <laughs> in spite of the fact that south africans have traveled the world done great things you know but i'm proud i'm a south african and i'm proud to 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 take ownership of that flag 
just because I'm living abroad does not mean I've kind of given up. It's my absolute intention to return home one day in 2055. <laughs> <laughs> During well, the great exodus of 2073, yeah. Stephen returned. That kind of thing, yeah. yeah. You're, you're exiled with all those waterfalls. Tough break. Exactly um, right. Waterfalls, rainforests, and white sand beaches. I mean, you on. should just stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to, Stephen. Don't, <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go. I used to think they were singing "Don't Go, Jason Waterfalls." I thought they were talking about a guy called Jason Waterfalls. Slow motion water, the fire <laughs> engine guy. Okay. <laughs> Guys, it's taken us this long to kick it over to the United States of America, the home of a real American hero, made in China or Hong Kong. But <laughs> strident, my man, Cujo, lads, please weigh in. What does it feel like to have your beloved brand become somewhat diluted or, or frame the conversation? Cujo, you're far better at this than I am. I'll put uh, strident before me just in the respect that uh, a lot of the world looks at us like uh, their little brother their little sister we're supposed to get it right what are you seeing right now i know i know who the real american hero is but how are you feeling about the uh, stars and stripes these days Oof, this is uh, um gotta start wow, heavy it's kinda, brother it's kind of heavy um, oof. um okay uh, i just avoid all the empire stuff <laughs> <laughs> i know right I mean, I'm gonna, I'll be, I'll be a little bit more uh, PC than I usually am with this. Or not PC, but I'll be lighter, because I'm a little, sure. uh, you know, I am, I'm heavy. So um, typically, I'm gonna, I would, I would go all the way with this. But what I, I'll say, things haven't been ideal lately. So you know, I'm pretty sure, even just, uh, I have family all over the world. My family is half from Brazil, other half from Guyana. So I'm wow. the first generation living here in the U.S. Um, so my family that lives, you know, elsewhere, hearing from them, America's not looking very, you know, cool right now to a lot of eyes, you know. So um, there's a lot of things going on with, you know, I mean, everybody's seen on the news, you know, the law enforcement issues and, you know, just the the racism issues popping back up. So, you know, America's yeah. still got a lot of nonsense it needs to grow up and get through. And I think that, you know, even though we're 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 choosing to use our favorite one of our favorite uh, brands as an area to, you know, kind of escape to, you know, the reality is that, like, yeah, America, there's <laughs> just one way to put it is yeah, yeah, it's not looking really good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. so these days, I mean, uh, in the past, I've been pretty proud of where I live. I mean, it's. There's so many people, so many different nationalities or, or I shouldn't say nationalities, but I guess at one point, because we're all immigrants here for the most part. And uh, it's just so much variety of everything. Melting pot, giant melting pot, mm. you know, and it's that's that's always been awesome to me, especially growing up in a pretty international type of family. I have family all over. I have family in the UK. I have family in parts of Asia because I have some family that's in the military and they're stationed. And I have a uh, family stationed in uh, Shanghai and I have family stationed in, uh, goodness, it's been a it's while. It's a global takeover. It's a, yeah, it's like, yeah, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of family in a lot of places. I have family in Kosovo. I've got family in uh, wow. Nigeria. I've got, you know, family still in Brazil. So, you know, I, I talk to a lot of, you know, my, my folks and, and kind of what I hear from them and even their friends and things like that is just, you know, they're not looking at America in, in a happy kind of way. You know what I mean? So if they if they yeah. can avoid it, they don't talk about the political state of the, you know, of, of our country. But uh, growing up, I was always proud of it because, like I said, melting pot. And as an artist, I love all the differences. It's like, you know, having a huge box of markers or crayons or something you have all these different colors you can paint with all of them they all have uh areas that they shine you know when you use certain ones mm. together you get you know cool scintillation and things like that you know and it, it's pretty awesome but uh you know just in a broad sense recent as of recent ugh. <laughs> but um 
with G.I. Joe, because of its roots in, you know, the American military, the representation of our flag is kind of, at least for certain members of the team, because it is an international operation, you, I, mean, I think all their flags should be front and center. You know what I mean? I don't see a reason for them to mm. remove any particular country's flag, even if you are feeling kind of ashamed of the way, <laughs> you know, your own country is, is yeah. you know, operating at the moment. <clears throat> Just even from a character design standpoint, when we watch the show, the personalities that go with all the characters are what drew us in, as well yeah. as, you know, cool designs. Part of the design aesthetic is that you have little nods to wherever these characters are from present in their design. If those elements are missing from the design, even if you modernize it, you take a retro approach, you go really far into the future with it, you still need to have certain uh, elements of that design still there so that uh, the the character portion is still present. It's not just yeah. a uh, a generalization. You want to have the the I always say the integrity of the original design is still kept while you update things or you know add your personal elements. Whoever the new designer is, you know that sort of thing. You yeah. still want to have that uh, integrity present. And the flags for all of the different Joes from wherever they're from. It's kind of necessary you know it, it it helps i mean i know that on a lot of the figures they weren't as big of a thing but like on duke he's like captain america like could you imagine <laughs> captain america with no stars and stripes like what <laughs> it doesn't we don't even make to, sense actually but before you That's get true. me too fired up i kind of want to introduce myself as well and if you're new to this room and this company you're talking to one of the deepest rooms in the world as you can see so i think uh what I would definitely like to frame is that you have different voices. They're all civil and supportive, and that's why we're new media, baby. I think when I'm thinking Stars and Stripes, and this is coming from somebody whose grandfather flew a flying fortress, which took troops uh, you know, over, over Germany and back home. Not everybody made it back. Um, that's coming from a sailor in the Navy. That was my father. I didn't serve. You know, I didn't get that call. My job... The reason I got into media, and I've never really framed this, or at least not expressed, I had to separate the artist from the machine. Because you can get angry, but if you can't tell what's happening, you can never solve it. So this, this conversation is very close to me. It's actually my mission statement. So I think when I'm talking stars and stripes, it's more of a conversation about how do I want to frame things? You know, do I want to tear everything down like Kylo Ren and Disney have suggested? Or do I want to make sure that the people that struggled and crawled so I could walk or sprint, you know, do I want to respect that journey? Does, I, this, could, this could go out to anybody. Do you feel that a real American hero not only brings pride to America, but like in your case, Stephen... Your blog says a real South African hero. Did that bring pride, the word hero itself? <laughs> I just needed a catchy uh, name that, that called back G.I. <laughs> Joe and the fact that we're a bunch of sappers. Uh, and also, it was not taken on Gmail. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you go, go from deep to superficial yeah, so quickly. <laughs> sorry, Cooch. Uh, uh, you, you're always going to make it heavy. I'm going to make me. it light. I guess. Me. Look, I don't know if this was actually asked, but I'm going to answer it anyways. I had no problem with G.I. Joe's identity as a domestic American task force, specifically mandated with taking down Cobra, because then you avoided the issues of. Uh, American involvement in other nations. Exactly. You know, le leave sure. it to the standard uh, U.S. Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force to deal with international situations. G.I. Joe is all about bringing down Cobra. It's as simple as that. It's it's you know it's the the black hat baddie, just like Star Wars. They are you know through and through villainous evil and need need to be stamped out from the world. You know, the Nazis is a similar, similar analogy, or Hydra. Um, so that's that avoided that kind of controversy. So, And also, growing up in the 80s and 90s, Hollywood was what you ate, slept, and, and reveled in. Like, the, the 80s action movie stars like Stallone, Schwarzenegger, <laughs> ironically an international, but, you know, Bruce Willis... Huh. We had, we had, exactly, 
But we had no problem idolizing and idealizing the American military industrial complex. We loved all the toys, the hardware, the the swagger. It's like that identity could do no wrong. And I never felt the need to reset my Joes as a South African task force uh, with <laughs> the sole mandate of bringing the Cobra villains to justice. Like, no. <laughs> my character spoke with an American accent. And to this day, it has rinsed my, my, Africa, or my, my South African accent away completely. People who meet me in the street would never guess that I'm from South Africa. I, I do kind of roll my R's like an American sometimes. Um, and But, you know, in, in my career, it has been of assistance because you would not believe how many actors struggle with the American accent. It's Even the American actors. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's awful. It's painful to listen to, and it will definitely not get you through the doors of your auditions. Uh, let me tell you, if you have a... A hammy accent. Oh, it's painful, man. Yeah. Something I wanted to I wanted to mention based on what you mentioned a second ago there, Steve, about um, you know, you never had a problem with it being an American kind of you know domestic team and all. That. Neither did I. Like uh, at no point did I did I think oh god it should be every everyone should be involved. Like what I saw it as was that like the UK had their own team that. There was almost like like GI Joe was American based, right? Mm-hmm. And you've they've got you know they need to tackle things globally because Cobra aren't just you know doing stuff on their own doorstep. They're doing stuff in Barovia, in in uh, Trucial Abysmia, in in uh, some other place. You know they're they're oh, all over the place, one? right? Um, Chomo Lungma. Ch- Chomo Lungma. Chomo Lungma. <laughs> Chomo Lungma. Which I Kalingaland. oh god, hang on. Yes, yeah, Kalingaland. Oh my goodness. Well, and you know, all of those places. And and what they what in my head, you know, Action Force was the UK branch of GI Joe. Uh Commandos Heroicos was the, you know, one of the South of, uh, South American uh, oh, come arms. on. I call bullshit, Chris, because how could you how could you know about the Argentinian or South American team at that stage? you're coming at it from me being a child i'm coming at it from me knowing about um you know all the different things right uh, about it you know like because as a kid it was never an issue like never because i only knew about gi joe and action force as i got older and found out all these other things you know and we're still talking like late teens early 20s right so you know we're not we're not talking like um you know like I'm, i'm almost 40 now so like you know that's a long time <laughs> to have that feeling of you know I didn't have a problem with it but also I was aware of the South American toys I, I wasn't aware of like all the different names and everything but I was aware that South America had multiple different action figures and character names and so on and so forth so up I don't know I must have been about 16 17 maybe Still but like young knew- enough to play with your Joes right come on come on. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so like i i always just saw all these different things all these different like aspects of joe as just being you know the that country's arm of gi joe if you know what i mean and like it even got to the point in 1990 where we changed to gi joe the action force so that was where they decided that G.I. Joe was known now by the rest of the world and they wanted to combine it with Action Force but rather than lose Action Force as a brand they kept it within the you know they just dropped the international heroes and they had this combined treaty of you know General Hawk and from the American side shaking hands with Flint from the UK team and that was the combined force type thing so like I just always saw it as that if you know what i mean that confused the hell out of me oh mate to be honest i I, it made me wonder what the heck is action force now and i was peeling the gi joe stickers off action force carded figures being like what the hell i'm unearthing this this artifact this Mm. now defunct (laughs) defunct thing because you know action force had, had kind of been well, it was a handshake between Flint and Hawk at that stage, but it quickly became like completely overruled. Like Action Force disappeared. Yeah. 
Let me bounce off of D80 to Strident with this question. Do you feel like the removal of, you know, the symbols of flags or, you know, the identity, is that a disrespect to the brand on an intellectual level or patriotic level or just necessary evolution? Because at least from my perspective, the classifications didn't alienate people. It didn't exclude people. Like, I, we know NATO and Warsaw and about, you know, Moscow and all that because they specified, yeah? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, like I've had um, I've done freelance gigs for larger companies where if there were specific details that like, I guess, shined light on a specific era and they were trying to stay away from that era, they'd be like, no, we're not going with that particular branding. So we want to move forward with this particular thing. So they move something that I guess as if you were a fan of that thing, you would be like, why? You know what I mean? This is that product. You know what I mean? Why would you remove that? But so from a marketing standpoint, I get where they could be going. But when you have something that's so patriotic in many ways, it just feels like the two go hand in hand. You could do a better job <laughs> of, I guess, uh, I don't want to say hiding it, but making it less intrusive. And then mm. maybe that would have, you know, probably. And, and I don't even know if this is bothering other people. I just personally think like with characters like this it's always cool when you see uh you know like semi uh you know modern or near future uh military oriented uh fiction and if there's the visual aspect to it and you see their gear and you can see all the different characters and by their name if their name is displayed you know depending on what the, what kind of gear they're using you see their flag as well i mean you see it in a lot of games you know i know like uh I'm I'm a big uh, Tom Clancy person, and in Tom Clancy stuff, you see it often. They'll have, like, Rainbow Six has always been a big team comprised of, you know, specialists from all over the world. And on their gear, you see their flag, you know, next to the name. I mean, the name gives it away in many cases, but the flag also helps solidify this is an operative from X country. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's John Smith. England. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's it's super specific and it's it helps people like, you know, you have the visual aspect for those who don't get it from the name and then you have the name to accompany it. So, you know, when you see Conrad Hauser, maybe the name by itself isn't really. Yeah, exactly. You would think you would think Germany. Right. But then when you see him and you see him, you know, decked out the way Duke is decked out with the familiar colors, at least relatively in the same, you know, areas on his body. You see mm. the flag and it works. So I, I don't know that it's a disrespect. I mean, I don't know if it was intended that way. I mean, I doubt you know, it because they're trying you know, really hard. to. Uh-huh. So I was just going to say, do you know what? I, I kind of feel like I don't even think it's like a, a forceful thing that people are doing in terms of like the marketing side of it. What I tend to kind of see like at the moment is just like how, you know, how the world has become like a, a lot smaller. Like it just feels like, you know, and, and this is no disrespect to the USA. I don't want to kind of piss any like any people off from the United States of America. It's still a very young country in terms of history. And because yeah. of that, I feel like the world in general has gotten a lot smaller thanks to things like the Internet and so on and so forth. Brought a lot of people closer. Travel, the improvement in air travel has made it so that people can go all over the world in, you know, hours. And it's it's really simple and easy. So because of that. I feel like the world has become a much more, obviously there are still countries and they still have identities and so on and so forth. But at the same time, and I feel like, I feel like I feel this way because I've traveled so much and because I've got out there and I've seen lots of different countries and different cultures and different civilizations. And, and I've studied history to a degree and my dad's a big historian. So I've kind of learned a lot from him. Um, and I've always been interested in that kind of thing as well. I kind of see it as like, you know, it's just an evolution of what's happening to the world in that it's becoming slightly smaller and more compact and more tight knit. You could argue that it's actually also in certain situations almost becoming like uh, more segregated in recent years just because of the way certain things in society have been kind of coming to the forefront and being like, you know, real issues and, and real like, you know, and, and again, I'm not putting those down either. Like I'm I'm just kind of saying these are the things I think that are making the world a smaller place. And because of that, I I feel like it's almost a thing where they can't ignore certain aspects of the world. 
oh and or they don't want to cut people out necessarily everybody knows gi joe is united states everybody when they look at when they when they look at characters like duke roadblock scarlet they hear american voices because they hear the sunbow cartoon or they hear the renegades cartoon or they hear resolute or they hear sigma six or they hear they probably don't hear sigma six but you know what i mean like they <laughs> they <laughs> smell what the rock is cooking just kidding justin bell um but like see, like i feel like that is an aspect of it as well and like whenever i read the comics i would hear and, and, and i had the vhs tapes as i said they were overdubbed but it was american voices so it's always to me been that and i think it's that to everyone else i don't think anyone it feels left out if they, you guys slap an American hero thing all over it. No, you know, no, no, that's but, not uh, the same. I, but it, I'm, I'm not saying that's what you're saying, by the way, Strident. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm just saying in like a general term. I think that, um, yeah, I, I just that, that's how I think. I think the world is just evolving in a certain way that's kind of taking other people on board without really, you know, and, and America's in kind of in that position where it's like it feels like it still needs that identity to be set to be separate. Let me flip a match in there. You hear on the regular that everything has always been political, but it seems like you're talking about an 80s property. That was the politics of the individual. That was Hama, etc. It seems like when you come to G.I. Joe, the, the changes being made are so stark and, and uh, in contrast do you feel like this is the right person to lead that conversation? Like, do, are you guys insulted that entertainment companies are like, oh, we're actually, you know, more holy than you. You should do it this way. Am I reading that wrong? No, I, for me, at least not for me. Um, I think it's one of those things where the, the way it was done previously with Larry Hama's specific, you know, style and, you know, all the little things he added to it. That's what made it have the legs it's had over time. I mean, you've seen it. The product speaks for itself. Some of these, I mean, we see it with with modern movies and we see it with a lot of other things, video games, lots of other media. The modern approach, it doesn't work for everything, you know, not with every property, especially when they're bringing back older properties. I mean, you see it with Transformers. They make changes and they make big changes, but certain things stay the same, you know, like outside of the Bay films, Prime always looks like Prime. So like when when we're talking about this, they can take real American hero off. They've done that before. But I just mean like when they when they do the the design, the character design, the flag element is touchy because, you know, for certain characters, that's kind of it goes along with the character. Not to say that it's never been removed. It's just on the toy as a toy on its own. You know, it it's it's got to have some certain in my opinion, at least, you know, it, it feels like it should have some certain things that would allow it to stand out. And these folks are missing some of those small details that would make it, you know, stand out as much. We've really hung a lantern on Duke's flag and the importance Uh of that. Is it understood generally that uh, the Marine Corps logo has been rinsed from Gung Ho because of a, a, is it a rights thing? Is it a trademark thing? Uh, diagnostic maybe you maybe you know the details it is because um the club had the same issue with sas right so when the collectors club were doing special they had to change it to special action force they couldn't use the sas in like badge which was used in the old palatoy kind of toys because back then it was like the wild west you could use what the hell you wanted and no one gave a crap uh especially in the uk you wouldn't get you wouldn't get sued or or anything like that It was very like non-litigious kind of country back then and um yeah so like that was all kind of one of those things where they would use it because you know they had they had relationships with the forces you know they were making toys that that shone a positive light on uh the army the navy the air force the marines etc cetera, etc cetera, the sas so they had you know they they had that carte blanche to to utilize that stuff they were even invited i mean it happened with the gi joe team didn't it the gi joe design team they were invited um to you know, or they were given loads and loads of stuff from like museums, and they were invited to museums to talk to, you know, where they go through the history, and they were given loads of guns as reference, and they had to take, <laughs> they, they got to take those things back to the office with them and everything. And I remember a story uh, where they said that someone nearly like died falling down the stairs because they had this huge gun at the top of the stairs that they just couldn't fit anywhere else in the building and they put it there on the top of the stairs and so what like one of the one of the secretaries one of the administration administrative staff 
tripped on it went down the stairs and nearly killed themselves or something they, they didn't they were fine Jeez. but <laughs> those kind of things make me laugh and because <laughs> they didn't die and they, they were okay uh but it was like you know th- th- again like coming back to the badge the sas when the when the fun pub tried to use it for the badges for like blades and stuff i think they used it but they were also told you can't use that again so uh they had to come up with special action force which was this new thing and they kind of combined z force big ben and sas all into one kind of pot and just called it special action force so that was kind of a like an entry point to that you know you can't just use any old uh ip and that's the thing that they've, they've they've kind of come up with i think they can probably pay to use it but they don't want to pay to use it is the, is the issue yeah but do you see what they re- what they replaced it with is the problem like you know it's it's one thing to have you know rights management type situations or copyright infringement type situations and you make changes to get around them but mm. you see the thing on gung ho's chest like we we marvel cinematic universe has had you know a, a good run with captain america a lot of people do recognize that symbol doesn't look like a marine corps anything it looks yeah. like a third reich something which is not cool you know what i mean like that's yeah. like whew, you're like going in the, the wrong direction end, the shallow end is is progress moving forward a bigger picture the deep end is people grew up saying the, the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Right or wrong, that's what happened. At the end of this spectrum, you're asking us to disrespect it. That's a counterculture at its finest. And honestly, that's that's where I'll always have the problem is I don't like the people leading the conversation. And maybe this is a good time to wrap it up because we're, we're pushing the 40-minute mark, etc. And I'd rather give people something to think about rather than uh, my opinion at the end of the day. But that's I think that's what it is to me is that uh, it doesn't feel like a marketing move. It feels like a piece of a much larger puzzle, um, especially coming from Hasbro and G.I. Joe. And I could be out of line. I could be. Um, maybe let's go around and uh, a final thought. Uh, if Hasbro's in the room, enjoying those nice plush chairs. Uh, any thoughts, uh, Stephen? You want to start it out? My G.I. Joes still speak with an American accent. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Cooge. I'm sorry that these issues really rile some people. Um, uh, I, I I get it. Brand identity is very important, but let's let's not look away from the fact that these are updates anyway, Stridents. I mean, like these are they don't look like your grandpappy's GI Joe. That's for sure. Oh no, no, not at all. And that's yeah, what I've yeah, always, yeah. you know, anyone who's heard me, that they, they've known that's. I've always been a proponent of the, like, let's modernize, near future, yeah. push it forward. So I, I don't think the designs are bad. I just, little details, you know, we've always, you know, I've heard you guys go on about the details for, mm. you know, in, in podcasts. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean this in a positive. You notice those details. They stand yeah. out to so many of us. This is one of the things that kind of, I mean, we're all... Most of us are pushing 40 if we were kids when we started collecting this stuff. I'm going to be 40 in September, and I've been collecting Joes since, you know, I was like six, five or six years old. And the details started to speak to me as I got older. I became a professional artist. The details started to speak more. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, for them to start removing details and homogenize what was all – I mean, some people have made the joke that they look like Fortnite Joes. And I can see design aesthetics that, you know, carried over from Fortnite and stuff. But this is G.I. Joe. Have you seen the screen caps from the video game? Hey, the master plan has been revealed, man. It's it's all. I've only seen the cover of it. So okay. it's, is it a Fortnite type game? Well, it's, it uses cell shading. It's very colorful. It's got. Oh, that. Got that aesthetic. The new game you're talking about with the designs from the toys, right? Yes. I've only seen the cover for this. Right. Okay. Well, you, you, I'm sure it won't take you long to, to pull up some screen grabs. Uh, huh? They've got a, a few gameplay images. Uh, you can see wow. forthcoming designs, hopefully, for the six-inch line. There's a, like a battle mm-hmm. android trooper pictured. <laughs> they've got a tease. I mean, there's a rattler swooping down in one of the images. And like what is clearly the USS Flag's deck and tower. But, you know, we're not going to get those wow. toys. Just digitally, I can assure you. <laughs> wow that's crazy yeah Um, i just it just it's it's just it's just a little 
you know, you see these things that we're pointing out now present in other stuff. There's no reason why it needs to be pulled from G.I. Joe. You know, like I said, uh, like Rainbow Six is a good example. People play Call of Duty. You see that on, in, in Call of Duty where they have the flags on the, you know, the different operatives uh, vests or whatever. It's a small detail. I mean, even uh, some of the newer figures from other companies are doing this. They have teams, whole teams dedicated to, you know, representing specific countries, special forces. Mm-hmm. And they put the flags front and center on those guys and these are all companies that are you know smaller than hasbro don't have the clout that hasbro has it's just weird i mean they probably have a reason for it okay i would like to know what the reason is you know just from a design you know uh standpoint that'd be cool to know but uh you know just you know and what we what you pointed out with uh uh what you guys pointed out with gung-ho that's whoo that's that's one of those like Mm-mm. <laughs> that's the only way I could see it. Just mm-mm, that's not that was not a, a good replacement. You know, of all the things you could have replaced that tat with, you could have used so many different types of eagles, so many different types of, you know, like militarily related symbols. And you did something like that. That's like a you could have used Hello Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Flex on him. Um, I don't really know what to say other than like, you know, uh, I'm probably not the, the the person to talk to about this kind of stuff because like I, for, well, for, well, I mean like in, in general, like I'm not the most controversial person in the world. And, um, at the same time, like I'm kind of, I, I'm digging the designs for one. Like I can't, I can't front, like, I think the classified line is unreal, like having it in hand it's just some of the best action figures I've ever held in my entire life. Um, the articulation is on point. Like the the designs are insane. Like I'm I'm really digging it. Like I love the fact they, uh, you know, I think for a long time uh, they've been missing a, a trick, not cross pollinating with uh, other brands like Nerf, where they could you know introduce these kind of more futuristic weapons to take the edge off that aspect of it for you know like a a a different modern audience i think what hasbro battle with a lot of time and i'm not being an apologist and i'm not saying that you know they're free of criticism by any means but i think what they try to do and what their aims are are to because as a business you want to be making as much money as you possibly can uh that can only be done if you hit certain target audiences now, the G.I. Joe audience is small. The G.I. Joe collector, like the adult collector community, is tiny. In in terms of, like, the bigger picture, we are the microcosm in most things. G.I. Joe sold frigging loads back in the day in the 80s. Yeah, it hit a sweet spot, and it was global. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize in the U.S., that at the time, it was selling all over the world. It might not have had G.I. Joe written on it, but for the for the majority, you know, it was a global sensation. It re- revolutionized how action figures were played with. It coined the term action figure. Like, it, it improved on what, like, you know, huge, incredible things like Star Wars did. You know, it just, it did better things and it did amazing things. What unfortunately has happened is as we've gone along, it has always stayed with that one, and, and that kind of, dwindling community as it's gone along has stayed with it it despite all the changes and the and the upgrades and the differences and all that kind of stuff and as it gets to this point now hasbro have pro- are probably realizing now that they if they want to utilize this brand and get anything from it for because it's their own thing isn't it like you know they don't pay anything for it like it's it's an instant profit for them effectively well i know after they've made back all the money from tooling um so like once they get to this stage now it's probably not the best time to can like let's revolutionize everything and, and change things because we're in a situation where young kids don't play with action figures anymore so that that target audience is really difficult to kind of like 
to get. I know Fortnite have done stuff, and I know they've done it well. And yes, they've they've. But but Fortnite have taken, let's face it, a lot of inspiration from early GI Joe. So so like if if you think about it, it's it's not GI Joe that's being unsuccessful at this particular time. In in it's GI Joe that is spurning the success of other things. It's it's giving life to other aspects at the same time now you know you could also say that hasbro were definitely you know not at the races when it came to getting fortnite as an action figure license because maybe they thought it was too close to joe and they wanted to do something with joe maybe they were umming and erring too much and it just you know went somewhere else that unfortunately is their own mistake now like so all of these different things i think have a, have a have a factor to where we are right now and that is a, basically a collector group that are so adamant that they want the stuff they had when they were younger. You know, I would I'd be lying if I said I would have I would love to see all of those figures again. <laughs> you know, I'll happily have them in four inch modern, in six inch, in fifty five inch, in three thousand and twelve inch. I don't care. I'll have them over and over again <laughs> until you know the end of days. I will. Like I, it's just it is the case. But at the same time, I'm also one of those people that does embrace change. I'm happy to embrace change and I'm happy to kind of see those things. I know that's not necessarily what we're talking about here, but I feel like we're at a point now where this like GI Joe microcosm is, is only really being fed by a very small group of people who want something maybe different, but they're getting this and they're still rushing to the stores and cleaning them out. Like, have you seen what's been going on in target stores recently? It is nuts. Like Target Australia is pretty quiet. <laughs> people have people have turned into like literally everyone's turned into bullhorn. They're all negotiating with these friggin' Target employees to get like literally let get figures out of the storeroom for them to buy, despite a street date being on it, and then despite the fact that they scan through and you can buy them no problem. It is like the biggest mess ever, and like Joe fans are scrambling to get figures they've been moaning How's about. How's your hunt going, Chris? <laughs> Dude, you've been going daily, perhaps twice daily. I, yeah, I did. I, on, I've, I've been going in the morning and then again in the evening just in case they reset. <laughs> of course. Of course. So I did it maybe three times, and then, but over the last maybe four or five days. And then today I hit two targets that are a lot further away than the closer ones to us, just on the off chance that they may have had something, but they didn't. Um, thankfully other people other friends have been hooking me up so this is for beachhead and the cobra trooper yeah yeah so i have to give a shout out to fred axon who actually has designed a lot of he's uh not designed he's sculpted a lot of the classified figures including snake eyes he managed to get me a beachhead so thanks fred you're an absolute star john coma managed to get me roadblock thank you john and ryan Meltzer and oh and special mission force brian have managed to get me troopers so guys thank you so much Wow. Um, this was definitely not uh, shaded either way. I, I like, I love to hear it. You know, I, I have seen the the fans gobble up these toys as well. And you're right, it's great looking sculpts. I would just say that uh, let, let's let's go darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Community a lot again recently, and Arbed keeps talking about the darker timeline, and I think that's hilarious that you just mentioned that. Well, I, I think it was one of our brothers, uh, Paul, was lamenting the fact that they didn't get a six-inch Mindbender. Well, maybe the reason is Mindbender's hands are too busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, but honestly, God. like, if there is this room full of Dr. Evil somewhere, and you guys are listening to us plucky Joes out on the uh, in the field, <laughs> it, only, it only took us a couple years to crack you. Um and uh, honestly, regardless of how you spin humanity, we're never going to be as ugly as you. Face the facts. Um, but on top of that, I wish Hasbro, I wish all the creatives. That, that, that's been my calling is to is to study where the machine starts and where the artist ends. And I'm still on that journey. So, no, I appreciate everybody that's in the room. And Strident, it's good to talk to you, brother. Um, yeah, you too, man. Uh, Great to meet you, Strident. It's been a while. Yeah, good uh, to meet you as well. I've listened to your podcast before. I just haven't had a chance to, you know, yeah, he's an speak to anybody yeah. separate. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Very you, true. So you're, so you're the listener. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the one guy. Amazing. All those hits. <laughs> well, Stry, it's oh, good man. to talk to you again, man. We do not do this often enough at all. There's a part true. of me that wants to almost do this 
maybe once every two months just to check in with like you know some intellectual cats about this brand that we hold so near and dear yeah, influences yeah, exactly <laughs> and chris you put the cap at like seven thousand yeah, it's feeling very, very intimate these days, I must say. It's probably bigger, but yeah. I only say that because I think that was roughly what Jocon was getting at one point. So it's probably it is bigger than that. But I mean, I'm talking like your hardcores. Yeah, I'd probably like if you if you if you factor in the casual fans. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah, stride. I mean, if we look at HCC's yeah HCC's reviews, which Joe fans you know across the world, across all kind of collecting bents. Everyone catches uh, old hoodies reviews from time. Well, not to time. even just him. His subscriber list. Uh, is what like, about BX two five seven? Yeah, so same. the cap, as you say, Stry is like in the ten thousand vicinity. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I noticed looking when you look out on those, it seems like it always tops out about that. Even on uh, you know, like Facebook groups and stuff. Yeah, the dedicated groups to it. Are what like seven thousand members? Yeah, something like that. When it comes to just G.I. Joe specifically, so you know it's the same folks cross-pollinating all these, mm. you know, your areas. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why some of these changes are the way they are. And also, though, I, I've i always pointed out in, in my, you know, some of my more controversial stuff that there's not enough of the fans being ready to say that this doesn't work or this works. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, because like you said, if if they made them in any scale, you're ready to buy them. And I think that's the consensus with the majority of this, you know, maybe exactly 10,000 folks or close to it, (laughs) you know, minus me, like there's specific things I want in, in GI Joe that, you know, I got it at one point and I haven't been getting it. And now they're doing it again, but they're doing it in a scale I'm not interested in. So right. uh, not for G.I. Joe. You know, for next I, month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we should do. We definitely should do that next month. The scale yeah. but, you know, wars. I'm just oh, saying, man, like, it's going to get messy. Oh, man. <laughs> well, not, stri- even, not even scale, but, you know, just, just you know, the, the, the differences in what's being offered and the fan base that it's being offered to is the fan base starved to the point where they're just like, give me something, I don't care. Seems that way. Or are there still... That's what it well, seems some, like, yeah. At some point, somebody's going to have to solve this math for me because six out of ten dudes grew up with G.I. Joe. Those people now have families, and about seven out of ten folks work for the MIC. So you're telling me they can't move military toys? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, good times. That's true. Yeah, man. We live in a very PC world. You know, guns have to look like Nerf blasters. Saws. <laughs> things were far more dangerous in the 80s man we need a license to play with gi joe i played on a cliff for god's sake in army gear yeah exactly. you can't take that from him where's the cliff badge put it on him and, and nowadays the argument is made that like you can't bring back the o-ring because it, it could fly off and hit a child in the eye like stuff like oh, that no you, can't bring, no you can't bring back the o-ring because it would degrade in about like five minutes like yeah. <laughs> if you go like that's the problem with like I feel like the construction if they did like faux ring which is really cool because it mimics the O ring but it has a much longer lifespan then uh, I'd have I'd have taken that in a heartbeat with retro honestly I'd have I'd have I think that'd have been really cool I don't know what's we going don't on have with retro for that no we don't sorry <laughs> <laughs> next time gadget next time. <laughs> Gents, this has been a blast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Thank you for enduring us. (laughs) We won't always be this political, but uh, every now and then it's time to gauge the temperature in the room. Isn't that right, Cujo? Every day, brother. Every day. (laughs) It's tepid in this room. (laughs) I think if you're still in this room, congratulations. You're in the deepest brand in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mindbender. Yeah, do let the door hit you in the cod piece on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you walking backwards out of a door? Sorry, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's been, it's been great. Thanks for having me on. Nice. Cheers. Thanks for joining us. All right. We are the uh, State of the Joe address, and we are out. Peace out, Clean. Clean.